many of you guys have been frustrated in a shopping line recently? You've been frust- you've been in a shopping line and it's just like not moving and it just the 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 hustle and bustle of shopping and the busyness of the season just kind of zapped the energy out of you. Anybody experienced that recently? I love few of you. I love the aspect of gift giving during the Christmas season. My mother's here. She especially loves it. She's, she's a great gift giver. Um, she's very generous and very giving. My, my mother-in-law as well is, is like that. And many of you are like that here. And, uh, and I think gift giving is a beautiful thing during this season. I think it is a wonderful thing. I enjoy the benefits of it, right? I'm sure, I'm sure we all do, you know, when you get that, that coffee mug or whatever, that, that thing that you wanted or for Christmas and you get it from a kid. We enjoy receiving gifts, but then also giving gifts, giving gifts that are meaningful to other people. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's just a, it's a joyful thing. It's a pleasant activity to be able to participate in, to be like God in being generous and being a giver. A giver, a thoughtful giver, a generous giver who out of love and wanting, desire to bless people, we give. And so, anyways, I encourage you to enjoy your gift giving and receiving this season. But as you do, as you engage in the shopping, and praise God for Amazon, right? Praise God for Amazon, just click, 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 and there is, the, the shopping is done. Um, and as you do shop and, and look for the best gift for your spouse or your children or your family members, don't let it stress you out and enjoy it. But most of all, don't let the gift giving activity eclipse the, the glory and the beauty of the ultimate gift that we celebrate during this season, namely the gift of the Son of God given for us. The Father gave His Son for us. And He is Christ, the Savior, the ultimate gift. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And that is the gift that we should ponder and meditate on and delight in this season. Amen? And then on the other side too, as we... Those of us who've received Jesus, the ultimate gift, and He's our treasure, He's our joy, He's our Lord, He's our Savior. Let's spend time this Christmas not only thinking about what our mom or dad or children want for Christmas, but let's spend some time thinking about what what does Christ want? Right? We're celebrating His birthday, right? You know, and in our culture, it's it's appropriate to, to honor somebody for their birthday, to honor them with a birthday gift, right? To, to communicate value and honor them. What does Christ want this Christmas season? What does He want from, from you and from me? And, and one of the things I love about worship is that when we worship God and praise God, and that's what we're talking about tonight, joyful worship, one of the things I love about it is, is we delight in and focus in on the greatest gift given to us, Namely, God. He's given Himself for us. So in worship, we focus in on who He is, but then we also bring an offering. We offer up our lives in response to His great grace, His great love, His great mercy. And there is a character in the Bible tonight that we're going to look at that I think models this well for us. She received the gift of Jesus, 
And she responded in joyful worship. And we're going to look at Mary's example in the Scripture. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 1. And we are talking about joyful worship, looking at the life of Mary and her response to the very first Christmas. Her response to the announcement that she would bear a child and that He would be the Savior of the world. You know, I think it's interesting to note here that, that in Luke 1 and 2, there are several worshipers in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. I'll just mention a few of them here. First of all, we got Mary, we got Elizabeth, we got Zechariah, we got the angels worshiping, we got the shepherds praising God, giving glory to God, we got Simeon, who we talked about two weeks ago, and we got Anna, who was called a worshiper of God. And I think Luke wants us, he wants the readers to get that worshiping God is an appropriate response to the great gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, given to the world. You see, there was much joy and praise around this event when, when Jesus first came. And it's appropriate for us to have joyful worship and adoration of God and what He has done through the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we're going to start in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. If you got it, say Amen. And if you don't, we have it up on the screen. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who is also barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And in those days, Mary arose and went in haste into the hill country to a town in Judea. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. 
For He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name, and His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm, and He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich He has sent away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy, as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her for three months and returned to her home. Amen. So here we have the Christmas narrative, and it's familiar to most of you. Most of you are very familiar with this narrative. And I want to look at it from the aspect of Mary's response. Mary's response. Many within the church have gone to extremes regarding their view of Mary. For example, the Catholic Church has exalted her to probably a higher place than she should be exalted to, right? And then others tend to maybe neglect or minimize uh, her role, her honorable, honorable role bearing the Son of God. She was a godly woman, young woman, who found grace and favor in the sight of the Lord. And I think she models for us a, a few characteristics that, that should encourage us and should uh, help us respond in an appropriate way ourselves to Christmas time, to receiving and responding to the gift of Jesus Christ. And so here's the, the big idea that we're going to focus on tonight, that joyful worship is an appropriate response to who God is and to what God has done. And Mary exemplified that. Joyful worship is an appropriate response to who God is and to what God has done. Now let's just talk a little bit about what, what God was calling Mary to do. This was a young girl. She was a virgin. And God shows up. An angel, Gabriel, shows up with a word from God and says, You're going to be pregnant. You're going to be pregnant. You're going to have a child. And probably she's disturbed. She's trying to figure out what kind of greeting this is. And she responds to that. Even though she, she doesn't understand biologically how that's going to happen, she does believe theologically what the angel says, that with God, nothing is impossible. See, it didn't make sense for a virgin a virgin to have a baby. And this is prophecy fulfilled from the prophet Isaiah that the virgin would conceive and, and bear a child. And, and Mary was a part of that fulfillment, bringing in the Messiah into the world. God the Son taking on flesh. We have the incarnation. God the Son becoming a man and taking on flesh, stepping into the world. And we have the virgin birth, something that's in Christians. We believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. And Mary gets the honor, the privilege, the, the exalted role of bearing the Son of God. I mean, what? now first of all, let me just say what a special role it is to be a mother, period. I mean, mothers just have a, a very a high calling, in my opinion. Mothers are precious. And those of us would all agree, when you think about your own mother and you think about how important they are and, and have been in your life, Mothers are very important and instrumental in the lives of their children. And so she had the privilege and the possibility. I mean, can you imagine like 
just the pressure that must have been on her raising up Jesus as a, as a child. So she, she didn't really understand biologically how that could happen. How can a virgin be pregnant and have a baby? Uh, but theologically, she had the trust that the word was true. She questioned the particulars, uh, but she didn't, she didn't doubt the promise. She believed. Elizabeth affirmed her faith. Mary's faith. She says, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now, if you remember in chapter one, earlier on, Elizabeth was married to Zechariah, who Zechariah was a high priest and he was told that he was going to have a son. But he questioned, he questioned that that word that was spoken and uh, the angel of the Lord kind of gave him a strong word and said, I'm, I'm Gabriel. I, you know, I stand in the presence of the Lord and, and, and you're not going to be able to speak. You're not. So, so Zechariah wasn't going to be able to speak because he doubted the word uh, from the Lord uh, through the, the angel Gabriel. And so Elizabeth was married to this man, Zechariah. So he comes out of the, the, the holy place and he's not able to speak until John the Baptist was born. And so Elizabeth, I mean, that kind of shed some light on here. She's like, hey, Mary, you're blessed because you believe the angel Gabriel said. You believe the word of the Lord. And so there's a contrast there. Uh, both Zechariah and Mary questioned the word. Uh, but Mary's uh, heart posture, I believe, was one of faith. And so I think that's foundational for any worshiper. If we're going to be joyful worshipers, if we're going to be joyful disciples, we need to, to be full of faith. We need to believe God. Romans fifteen thirteen says, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing, or through believing. It's, it's through faith that we experience the joy and the peace of God. As Pastor Mike preached on last week, uh, when he was talking about peace, that it's, it's through faith that we appropriate and experience the peace of God, where we trust God and we believe His Word and we walk in that joy or that peace that He has for us. And so Mary modeled that for us. She believed the word. And the next thing is that uh, Mary was surrendered to God's will. Mary said, I love this response. This is beautiful. And this, this is the heart of worship right here. This is the heart of a worshiper of God. She says, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. This reminds me of the kind of worship that the Apostle Paul exhorted the Romans to, to walk in. He said, I, I urge you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your reasonable act of worship. So Mary here exemplifies that for us. She's, she says, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. There's this there's this distinguished mark of surrender to God's will here. She says, God, let it, let it be whatever you say, Lord. She believed God and she surrendered to, to his will. Could you imagine some of the ridicule or the looks or the talk that, that may have taken place with a young girl who says she's, been, she's pregnant and that the Holy Spirit came, came upon her? I mean, could you believe, like her parents you know, believing that or, or her neighbors or her friends or anybody else. Just think about it. She surrendered to the will of God. And that's the heart of a worshiper. That's the heart of a worshiper is, is surrendering all that we are to God. 
And when we believe his word and we realize how much, how great he is and how good he is and how merciful he is, it'll lead us to that place of surrender. Amen? So last thing is this, is that Mary worshiped the Lord with joy. So this is called the Magnificat, uh, which is uh, Latin, from the Latin, uh, which means uh, exalts or glorifies. And so this is Mary's praise. And in this response of praise, you could hear, if, if you're familiar with the Psalms, you could hear some of the Psalms within this uh, praise that she has. And you could also hear echoes of, uh, it sounds a lot like Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel chapter 2 when God blessed Hannah with a child. And so she busts out in this, this praise, this worship to God, and she says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And I love this because this too is the heart of worship. Worship involves magnifying God. So, and the idea here is to, to, to kind of put the spotlight on or uh, magnify like, like a telescope. Magnify like with a telescope. A telescope doesn't actually make the stars bigger, but it, it helps you to see them for what they are better. It, it helps enlarge, from your view, it helps magnify the bigness of the stars and the galaxy when you look through a telescope. And in worship, that's what we do. We focus in on who God is and what a delightful, joyful activity, activity it is to hone in on who God is, especially living in a fallen, broken world where sin and sickness and injustice and hatred and darkness surround us. What a pleasant thing it is for us to come before God and focus in on the one who's holy, who's perfect, who's loving, who's just, who's righteous. And Mary magnifies God. She, she focuses in on who God is and she rejoices in God. And this is, this is a response from the inside out. And that's what God wants in our worship. A response from the inside out that comes from our heart, that comes from our spirit, that comes from our uh, inner being delighting and rejoicing in God, our Savior. Amen? I love that. We sang this earlier. My soul, my soul magnifies the Lord. Beautiful. So she's magnifying God. And so let's look at a couple of ways that she magnifies God. So it, and she's following the pattern of what the, psalm, the psalmists do in many of the psalms. So first... She magnifies who God is. So, who He is, okay? She calls uh, God her Savior. By the way, Mary was not sinless, okay? She needed a Savior, okay? Though she was bearing the sinless Son of God, uh, she, she needed grace, and she found grace from God, okay? So, she's, we shouldn't over-exalt her or worship her or pray to her. She needed to be saved by the one that was in her belly, and that she would bring forth the one who would die for her sins. It's a very profound thought there. Y'all know that song, Mary, Did You Know? Mary, did you know that your baby boy? So she calls God her Savior. She also calls God mighty. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And I love this combination because the almighty God wills his might and his strength on behalf of those he loves. 
Aren't you glad that the God who reigns and rules over all the earth and over all the is a good God? He's a saving God. He's mighty to save. And He does great things for us. He works on our behalf. He's in our corner. He's for us. He's with us. And if He's for us, who can be against us? He uses that might and that strength to bless and protect His people. To deliver His people. And Jesus was going to do that. Jesus was going to display that. He was going to heal the sick. He was going to raise the dead when He came forth and walked the earth. He was going to free the captives and preach good news to the poor. So Mary hones in on who God is. He's my Savior. I hope everybody here in this place can say that God is your Savior. You've experienced His salvation. You've trusted in Him. you put your faith in Him. And you rejoice in Him because He's your Savior. By the way... That's foundational. If we're going to worship, have joyful worship, it, we, we first got to receive Christ as our Savior and become a worshiper. And re, a worshiper responds to the goodness and the greatness of who God is and what He does. Worship is a response. It's a response to who God is and, and, and what He does. It's responding to who He is and what he does. And that's what we have here. We have a worshipful, joyful, worshipful response to who God is and what he does. She calls his name, she calls him holy. Holy is his name. He's like other than. He's who is like our God. Who is like our God? There's no one else that can compare to him. There's no greater joy. There's no greater strength. There's 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 no one wiser. There's no one more loving and gracious and patient and kind. Who is like our God? Holy is His name. So she focuses in on who God is. And I love just how in in worship, how we can just forget about ourselves and forget about our circumstances when we focus in on who God is. It's like we can get a little taste of heaven. Just imagine for a moment what it's going to be like for all eternity not being hindered by sin from, from seeing the beauty and the glory of who God is and His story, His redemptive story, history unraveled and being able to see the bigger picture of salvation history and be able to see a clearer picture of the glory of who God is and be unhindered by our sin and our insecurities and just be able to cut loose and worship God in spirit and in truth for all eternity. In His presence where there's fullness of joy and at His right hand where there's There's pleasures forevermore. You see, you and I are made for this. We're made for this. And and I think many of us, just inside we long, during worship services, I know many times it's like when we focus in with these songs of who God is, it's like, I just want more of God and I want less of me and I just want to just push off every weight and everything that's holding me back from being close to Him. And I just want to be closer to Him. I just want to know Him better. I just want to be more intimate with Him and to His will. Amen? Amen. And so joyful worship is an appropriate response to God, to who God is and to what He has has done. 
So let's look at some of the things that, that Mary magnifies what God has done. Here's a list of them. She, he, he has looked on her, on her humble estate. He's looked on me in my humble estate. And, and what does she say here? Now for generations, for behold, from now, now on, all generations will call me blessed. So, so God took a personal interest and, and looked upon Mary, chose her. And I love that God chooses the lowly, the humble, and exalts the lowly the humble and blesses the poor and so on. So God took notice of her. And, and I mean, what, what a privilege, what a privilege it is for this woman, this young woman to bear the son of God, to bring him into the world, to be the conduit, to, to birth the savior, the one who would save our sins. God had did, had done great things for her. Verse uh, 49. He shows mercy. He showed strength. He scattered the proud. He brought the mighty down from their thrones. He exalted the humble. He, he filled the hungry. He, he sent the rich away empty. He helped Israel. He fulfilled His promise. So these are some of the things that Mary focuses in on of what God has done. God, God broke in the history of her life and broke in the history of the world and brought forth His Son to save us from our sins and I love this, that she highlights God's heart for the poor. Luke emphasizes this throughout the Gospel of Luke. He has a lot to say about the rich and the poor. Uh, you le- read the, his account of Jesus' Beatitudes. Uh, you'll, you'll see, you know, woe, woe to you who are rich and woe to you who are filled now and so on. And you'll see God's heart for justice and, and, and compassion and mercy and his, his heart for the poor within the Gospel of Luke. And Mary's just an example of that. She's this young, poor girl that God chooses to have one of the just highest honors of bringing forth the Son of God. 51. He has shown strength with His arm. So He's used that strength to save, that mighty strength to save. As we were worshiping tonight, I was just thinking about, as we were singing he shall reign forevermore. Just delighting in that reality that Christ will reign forevermore. It says that in the text here. The angel said that about Jesus. His kingdom there will know no end. Um, and just how delightful that is that we don't have an evil tyrant on the throne. He, he wields that strength. He uses that strength to bring about his purposes to lift the poor and the needy. Up from the ash heap. You know, Jesus, by the way, delighted in, in some of these aspects of the Father and thanked the Father for them. And Luke 10, 21, in the same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and, and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and you've revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. And so what we see in the Gospels, the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Matthew and, and Mark, we see stuff like the first shall be last and, and the, the, the humble will be exalted. And if, if you want to live and have life, you've got to die and, and surrender. And so there's this, this paradox, this kingdom paradox where God is going to turn things upside down and he's going to bring forth his kingdom 
and the rich and, and those who, who have it good now and are comforted now and, and, and they're, they're stingy with all that, they're going to be last. And those who are struggling on the bottom just to make it by, God's going to bless them and lift them up. The first will be last and, and the last will be first. And Mary exemplifies that. Mary's life is an example of God's grace breaking into her life. Jesus Christ, the one who's full of grace and truth, coming to live inside of her being, and then her birthing this child who would live as a man, and we men would see him as the one who was full of grace and truth. In response to, to what we've talked about here tonight, three, three things that I want to encourage us to, to respond with and apply from, from Luke 1 here. One is to receive Christ as our Savior as Lord and the ultimate gift. Now, I think most of us here have done that. If you haven't, this is a great time of year to do so. And this is where, this is where it all starts, because if you're going to be a, a joyful worshiper and somebody who experiences the benefits of knowing God and walking with God, it all starts here. So it, you know, Christianity isn't just about us bringing our gifts and all that we have to Him, because Really, we, we don't have much and we can't save ourselves. We need His gift of salvation. We need God's gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. And, and once we receive Christ as our Savior, as our Lord, as our greatest joy, as our, the ultimate gift, it doesn't matter what you get for Christmas this year. If you got Jesus, you got all you need. Amen? Amen? And you got enough to satisfy your heart so you don't have to feel lonely and, and joyless and dissatisfied and discontent this Christmas season. I'm sure we've all had a Christmas when the, 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 the gifts were unwrapped and, and everything was gone and, 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 and it's time to clean up and family's leaving and you're leaving family and, and just kind of a sense of like, like dissatisfaction. Like, this is it? I got so excited and this is it? Like... Where's the fulfillment and the, and the stuff and the family and the food and the entertainment? What, wouldn't there more, isn't there more to this holiday? Well, you don't have to blow through this holiday and be dissatisfied. This can be one of the most worshipful, meaningful Advent Christmas seasons for you if you will cherish Christ. Receive Him. And those of us who have received Him need to spend time reflecting on how precious He is to us. We have been given the greatest gift in Christ Jesus. And that should elicit worship from our hearts. We should lead our children into praise and adoration and thanks and sing to God and thank God for His amazing grace displayed to us through Jesus Christ. Amen? And so let us also respond. Respond with joy, joyful praise and adoration. Like Mary did. Like Elizabeth did. Like Zechariah did. Bless you. Like the angels did. Singing glory to God in the highest. Like the shepherds did who were excited and went away praising and glorifying God for the things that they had heard and seen. Like Simeon did who took the Son of God in his arms and he blessed God and he said, Thank you God that, 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 that you are fulfilling your word.
He blessed God and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Like Anna, who gave thanks when she saw the Messiah presented in the temple by Mary and Joseph. She was a worshiper and she broke out in worship there. And she spoke about him to all who were looking for the redemption of, of Israel. And so let's respond in that way. Like those who were surrounded at, at the very first Christmas. Worshipped with joy. Let's be joyful worship worshipers this Christmas. Amen? God has been good to us. He has done great things for each of us. Amen? And so let's lift our voices to Him. Let's set our gaze on Him. Let's delight in Him. And let Him be our greatest treasure right now in our hearts. And and we may need to confess that we've had competing joys, competing pleasures, that, that, that we need to dethrone idols, that we need to dethrone from our hearts because they will leave us disappointed and broken. And discouraged. No other gift that God gives us is worth our worship. But Jesus, the gift of His Son, Jesus, it's appropriate for us to worship Him. And to abandon our lives and surrender and trust to this good, good Savior and this good, good Father. And so Lord, I I thank You I thank you for the gospel, good news of great joy, and I pray that it would sink deep within our souls, that we would cherish Jesus and and, and reflect upon his death for us in our place, going to the grave for us, rising from the dead for us so that we might live. May we have the most worshipful, joyful Christmas season ever this this year.